What's up, my marketing people? Today on the show, I have Lisa Niver joining me. Lisa Niver is a contributor to KTLA, which is a news station here in Los Angeles. She is also the founder of the company We Said Go Travel. She's been to over 101 countries, and we get into what countries are doing a good job of marketing themselves, how are tourism boards marketing themselves during COVID, uh, and then how travel can really inspire you know, other aspects of your professional life. So if you're an avid traveler, this is an interesting episode, and hopefully you can take some nuggets away and apply it to your professional life. But before we get into that, as always, this episode is brought to you by Diet Coke. No, I'm just kidding, not Diet Coke. It's brought to you by Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps businesses grow online through social media content creation. If you need help creating content for your social media accounts, head over to cavesocial.com and reach out. All right, guys, sit back and enjoy this episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mind Your Marketing. Today, I am sitting with Lisa Niver. She has been to over 101 countries, so I'm really excited to jump into this. She is a contributor on KTLA, which for those of you outside of Los Angeles is you know, our big local news channel. And she is also the founder of We Said Go Travel. Lisa, welcome to the show. Jordan, thank you so much for having me on your show. This is so great to get a chance to talk to you. Cool. So explain to me a little bit about your journey and tell me about, we said, go travel. What, what is it you guys do? Well, I think you use the right word because the whole thing has been such a journey. And I've had a love of travel my whole life. And during this COVID pandemic, we actually had a reunion from, I went to all girls high school here in Los Angeles called Westlake School for Girls. And it was fascinating to have a Zoom with 80 women that mostly I hadn't seen in 35 years. And they're like, tell us what's been going on. And I was like, my whole life's about travel. And the way it was interesting to get that opportunity to trace how I ended up having this company, We Said Go Travel, that studying in Israel in high school, studying in Israel in college, and eventually led me to work on cruise ships which are, of course, not sailing right now, but that's a different story. And through all that travel, 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 I was always going back to education. I started We Said Go Travel actually from the newsletters I sent to my students while I was traveling. Very cool. So it, it really was birthed almost an accidental company. A lot of people kind of end up stumbling into it like, hey, I got this newsletter or I'm putting out this content. People are reading it. Oh, we should do something with this. Now... Obviously, no traveling is happening right now, but where are you going to go once it's opened up? What's what's next on the list? That's such a good question. I'm really, really thinking about what travel can I do. I definitely, as a travel, as writing about travel, you know, I was just quoted in an MSN Reader's Digest about 13 ways cruise ships are going to change in the future. You know, I'm thinking all the time about travel. I think for the next phase for most people is going to be regional domestic, but for me, to get on a plane, my highlight place is my final continent. I'm, I really want to see Antarctica. Wow. Very cool. Now, shifting gears just a little bit and looking at travel overall, how have you seen the travel industry change with regards to marketing? Are you seeing a lot of different messages from local tourism boards, hotels, et cetera, in response to COVID? You know, that's very interesting. I, I've been 
watching what people are doing. And I, one of the things that I'm bombarded with emails about is watch our virtual tour, like experience Arizona through this, you know, virtual tour. And I think it's a strong pivot for a lot of people during COVID to keep their name out. And, you know, I've noticed a lot of people like the Doubletree Hotel has always been famous. They, upon arrival, you get chocolate chip cookies and they actually release their chocolate chip cookie recipe. Okay. So I think it's been interesting the way people are like, how can you bring us home? Or hotels or bar with a special cocktail, like here's our recipe, which, you know, a year ago, if you had said to them, please give me the recipe, they'd be like, ha ha, you're so funny. So I thought that was interesting, like people imagining how can you have us at your home? I like that. I I like selling the experience side of it. So, okay, you know, recipes and, you know, that could be, I'm sure across the world there's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a tourism Japan put, you know, did an online course on how to make some Japanese cuisine or did, you know, an Instagram live. That stuff all sounds good. I personally think doing a webcam of, you know, come experience Paris via Google Maps or virtual tour. It's not quite the same, but I think I appreciate people trying. But it's like the difference between going to a concert in person versus watching it uh, recorded and played back. There is no replacement for the real thing, right? For me, I a million percent agree with you. I want to be there myself. And I'm always filming video. And I, I can't imagine for me to watch a virtual tour of a place. I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? I can't smell it. I can't see it. I can't you know, I can't say, wait, you're filming forward and I want to go to the right. I mean, I guess there's some of them are in 360, but I agree with you for me. And I, but I do think for some people it's real satisfying. So it's a funny thing because I'm always filming my YouTube channel. Now I just crossed 1,200,000 views. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm always like, what more can I do? How can I do it better? And, but I know other people watch my videos and feel like they had part of the experience. So I do think it depends what you're looking for. Now talk to me a little bit about, you know, you started, we said go travel in 2008, correct? 2010 officially, because 2008 and nine, I was traveling with someone who was a partner, husband, divorced, special, lots of drama there, but the, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the the website officially started in 2010. Okay, okay, very cool. So, you know, you're starting there. It really, this whole thing spurs out of a love of travel. You then start documenting it. Talk to me a little bit about that mindset shift from when you went from, okay, I'm experiencing travel to I need to share my experiences and, you know, really positioning yourself as the expert. Did you have to, you know, talk yourself up? Did you, was there, how did you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I have a voice and it's worth putting out there. You know, what's funny is I think having, I worked for seven years. I worked for Royal Caribbean, Princess Cruises and Renaissance Cruises on board. I was out at sea. Like um, I worked in the kids program because I'm a teacher and I was cruise staff and I also did some sales. And I, I think that experience of being staff also being in charge of everything safety you know we drilled twice a week in in case of an unlikely event of an emergency i think between the teaching and the cruise ship thing i i had this expert aura like i'll walk down the street with a bunch of people and everyone asks me a question they're like why are they asking you i'm like i have no idea but this happens to me all the time and i think part of what happened is I've always been a sharer and a networker. Like they, my friends say my talent is sticky fingers, like people and information sticks to me. And then I want to share it. 
And so what happened with the trip is I had been teaching at a school where I was teaching uh, kindergarten through sixth grade and everybody was my student and they anticipated seeing me the next year. And when I said, peace out, I'm going traveling for a year, the kids were like, you can't leave us. So I promised to send these newsletters so they could follow along. And while we were away was the blogging revolution. Like that didn't really exist. And so I came home and people were like, well, what are you going to do now? It's like, I don't know. So the newsletters became the basis of the website. And we also wrote a book about the trip. And so at the time I was reading all these books, there was a book I remember called literally Platform, which in today's world, you could never imagine that would be the book. But at the time it was kind of new. So one of the things Platform said was you should speak and you should write for other people and you should have your own website. And so I did all that as a teacher. So I just gave myself homework. I'm like, make website. You know, I was just, I would read about it, ask a friend and do it. Like anything too, right? The the practice becomes, you know, uh, practice becomes perfect when you start to do this. You start to learn it. You start to go, oh, okay. Now I'm sure your turnaround time on a piece of writing or on a video is much faster than it was, you know, day one, uh, at least for myself. <laughs> I've experienced that. Well, you know, what's funny is the, it is much faster, but I think there's a lot more layers now, you know, like it used to be like, it was just the writing. Like in the beginning, I wrote for this site Technorati and I just sent it to them. That was it. And then on my own site now, it's like everything links to Pinterest and LinkedIn and Facebook. And then you, you know, what are you going to tweet about at the time? Well, when I started, I don't even know if Twitter existed, but I do remember someone telling me at a brunch, you really need to be on this thing called Twitter. And I'm like, no, I'm very busy. I don't have time for that. And eventually I did it because it seemed important, but <laughs> it's just funny how it evolves. Now, when I look at the global scale, right, and I look at how certain countries and tourism boards have branded their country and the message they want to get out there, sometimes a little bit out of their control and things take off. You know, for instance, Colombia has taken off in the last five years, large in part to do with the world's interest in South America. Also, the show Narcos did them some favors. <laughs> um, now, when I look at things like that, you know, when you look at the world, is there an emerging country or region that you really think has a story to tell that the world is going to find out about that, you know, their marketing is going to pick up that falls outside of, I don't want to say the basic, but like the, the standard travel of Western Europe and Dominican Republic and, you know, all the stuff that most people do? Yes, I think a few different parts of the world. That's a good question. I, well, one thing is, a, I think it's possible even in a place that feels like there's a big discussion in when I go to tourism conferences about over tourism. And so there's a part of the Dominican Republic, Punta Cana, where most people go. But there was a, for a brief time, there was a cruise line called Fathom that went to a different part of the Dominican Republic. And it was more focused on, you know, going into the village and having experiences and that tourism, ecotourism kind of helping. Like we went and helped at a chocolate factory was one of the tours. It's not that many hours away or miles away on the same country, but it's a completely different experience because there hasn't been so much tourism there. So I think any place, you know, like even Colombia, there's there's some ancient cities like Taganga that probably aren't getting as much tourism as, you know, Cartagena, which is amazing. So I think that depends. But for me, I was able to go last year to Vanuatu. And that was the second time I was back in Vanuatu and they have incredible diving and it's much more known because it's much closer to Australia. 
So the Australians have always been going to Vanuatu, but it's hard to get there from California or from the US because of the way the flight pattern works. So before COVID-19, they were really working on changing the lift and getting some direct flights, which may happen at some point. But there's a we saw this dance called the water women dance, and about a dozen women are in the water and they're literally making music with their bodies, how their bodies splash in the water. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. I've never experienced. So of course I had to try it. I was terrible, but it was so unique. You know, it's not a place everybody's talking about. Very cool. No, that's the type of stuff. And I think people are seeking out those experiences. And I think that, you know, professionals in general, if we go out and get those experiences, I think when we come back to North America, both of us are are located in Los Angeles. I think, you know, we're able to take those travel experiences and then apply them to our careers here in North America, which is something I want to ask you about. I know you create pottery. You're obviously, once again, contributor on KTLA. What is something that you think travel has done for you that has helped you, you know, with marketing yourself and career life kind of within the borders of the US? I'll tell you one thing very specifically is when I was working at sea and in my travels, I I backpacked between a couple of different trips about three years in Southeast Asia. And I would say my biggest travel lesson is that people have to use the F word, which of course is flexible. And Ah. yes, teachers can only use that F word, flexible. But once when I was at school, I taught in a private school in West LA, the power went out and the kids started to freak out a little bit that the lights were out. And I said, we're still safe. We're still inside. We don't have the lights on. Let's open the blinds. And we started talking about what it's like in other places. When I was traveling in Nepal, When I first got to Nepal, the people said to me, we're so proud. We have more power now. And I said, well, describe to me what this more power is like. Well, we used to have 12 hours a day and now we have 13. And I said, yes, 13 is more than 12. I agree. However, we were there for three months and a, a good portion of the 12 hours was the middle of the night. Like they often had power between two and six. And so you could charge your generator, which is good, but it'd be a lot better if you had power from like 4.30 to 10. And so the kids and I were discussing this, that, you know, like some people don't have power every day and some people don't have water every day. So it was very, very memorable to these kids. And the next day when they came into class, like, how about we leave the lights off? We like the, the blinds open. And that was so much of a change for them. And nobody was upset. You know, some of the other classrooms, I don't think had the same experience, but in my class, the kids were like, okay. So I think it's it's a lot about perspective. And and getting used to, and like you're saying, perspective and flexibility. And, you know, we see that highlighted here. The people go crazy when, you know, toilet paper is out at the store here or uh, (laughs) during COVID, right? And it's like, okay, Everybody, we need to take a chill pill just because we live in this world of availability and abundance in the U.S. We can sometimes forget that, okay, we need to be flexible. We need to change our mindset. Now, talk to me about, obviously, COVID's happening. Travel's kind of stalled. <laughs> but what's what's next, you know, when this all gets lifted up, five, six months down the road, or whenever, two months down the road, I, I don't know. What's next for you and what's next for We Said Go Travel? Well, one of the things I've been really focused on over the last year is I'm writing a book. And my book started as a, well, I did a project before I turned 50. I did 50 things before I turned 50. 
And it was it was hard for me to get into the project because I didn't want to admit that I was turning 50 because on all these press trips with all the other travel journalists, I was passing for a lot younger than 50. So if I did a project 50 things before 50, I had to tell everyone how old I was. But I finally realized that it was actually helpful to the younger journalists to realize that I was the older journalist. And so I started doing all these challenges and adventures. And but when I got to the end, I was like, what do I do with this now? So I started writing this book and I shopped it to a bunch of agents and I was told it's a nice story, but it's not a book. And I've been working for the last year with a developmental editor to turn my story into a book. And so this COVID time of forced no travel, I've tried to really wrap my head around the perspective that it's a forced writing retreat. Interesting. No, that makes sense, right? Using the time for what you can right? Okay. If you can't travel, you have this other component to your business, which is documentation, right? And and content creation and looking at ways to do that. So I I really like that shift in mindset. Now, easier said than done uh, with regards to all of the extenuating circumstances that have come along with this quarantine. How has it been going? It's fascinating. You know, I think from what I've heard from friends around the world, I'm having the same experience as them. Some days are better than other days. Some hours are better than other hours. I've made such a strong commitment to myself to really try and write every day. And I have been able to, I write for Ms. Magazine, and I've been able to really write more and more about books. So that's been helpful I also write for Wharton Magazine, and I've written for them sometimes about books. So I'm trying to figure out how do I come off more as an author. So I did a story for Ms. I've been reading so many books. So I did a story, eight books that'll transport you. So it was sort of, I'm traveling now through books. And it was, it seemed like a pretty good merge of my different sides. It's so that's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's good. And then you get to flex different muscles, right? The writing muscle, and then you get back and get to do the video and what have you. Very, very cool. Well, before I let you go, let everybody know where they can learn more about you and what you're up to online. Well, the best place to look for me on any social platform is the name of my website, We Said Go Travel. So you can find me on Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, on LinkedIn, I'm Lisa Niver, and it would be great to stay connected with your audience. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. You guys heard it there. Go follow Lisa, engage with her. You got any travel questions, shoot them her way. I'm sure she'd be glad to give you a tip or two. Once again, if you guys love the show, you like it, hit like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff below, and I will catch y'all next episode.